There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on Monday the 10th of May 2010. Newcomers, I usually suggest you go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. That's another story I'll mention after this little talk here. But uh, bookmark all the other sites I have up because I get hassles from Yahoo once in a while, more and more recently in fact. Uh, and I might even put up something on the website to show you the correspondence between me and Yahoo as they try to get me off their sites. But anyway, bookmark these other sites that you see listed there for future use, and that way you'll always get the latest downloads for free. Remember that you're the audience that brings me to you, so you've got to buy the books I have uh, made for you to buy. You can purchase the DVDs and CDs I've got for sale as well. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can always use a personal check, or you can go to the post office and get an international postal money order. MoneyGram's good, Western Union's also good, some people just send cash. Same across the rest of the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, or cash. Or you can order as well through PayPal, just look at the donate. There's a donation button on the sites. Uh, donate the proper amount and I'll get the order out to you if you send me a separate email with your email, your order, and your address. But... What's happened recently, it happens every year actually as Yahoo goes through the same routine. This happened last year. I, I couldn't upload for two or three weeks on my comm site. And Yahoo claimed they knew not, didn't know anything about it. It must be my end. But I was paying for unlimited disk space. So they advised me, and I, and I fell for it to a stupid enough, to temporarily take off a whole bunch of audios and then I could upload again because they hadn't put the limits up, you see, on my disk space, my unlimited disk space. And once I'd done it, it took them two weeks, supposedly, to fix it. And then it took me another two weeks to re-upload all the shows that had lagged behind. So that was really a very clever idea on their part. This time they tried to get me to do the same thing after I noticed I couldn't upload very fast at all to the comm site just last week there, after they'd done a maintenance check where I couldn't upload one night. And what they actually did, and they've admitted to it, they put a choke on my site. Now, they say that they've got the right to do this, to dissuade you from uploading. Well, why on earth are they taking my cash for unlimited disk space when at the same time they're trying to throttle me from doing my uploading? It's quite something, isn't it? And that's what I'm saying. If you're not authorized to be up there, yeah, you get hassles from uploading through the satellite company. You'll get hassles from Yahoo or the other servers that get leaned on. And of course, I've said before in the past too, these big, big players didn't come out of nowhere. They're all big fronts for the big globalist system. That same as Bill Gates with his Microsoft and all the rest of it. These are all put there in front because he could never truly allow free competition and manage the system at the same time. Same with Yahoo and Google, as you all know. And once in a while they go through this rigmarole of giving out... Um, 
personal information to the CIA and MI6 and MI5 and on and on and on. No, that's who they front for. That's who they front for, folks. You couldn't keep a handle of control, total control, in an information age unless you made sure that the biggest companies eliminated all the smaller companies that tried to get up there. It would never happen. They'd lose control. They've got to keep total control. And if you're not authorized to be up there, I could be shoving porno up like crazy and I wouldn't get a peep from them. Or spouting the usual left-wing socialist stuff. Let's all be one. We're all one big, lovely, happy family on the globe. And I'd be left alone. Believe you me. They probably give me a discount. But if you're exposing the truth, this is the hassle you come to go through. Back after these messages. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, just beeping off about Yahoo and how they give me this hassle every once in a while. But uh, they've given me many different reasons for it in the past. Uh, or they just uh, the automatic um, up um, disk in- increase doesn't kick in properly well, on my side only, mind you. And they use their world boffins to try and figure this amazing problem out. This year they've admitted they've actually put a choke on my upload to my site. Even now. It's the same amount of, it's about 60 um, megs per, per week it goes up on that site. That's all, yeah. 60 megabytes. And they're beefing about that. So it's not that at all, as you know. It's because anything that's exposing the real nonsense that's going on out there and is not authorized to be out there and controlled by the big boys is taboo. And they're trying to make it as hard for you as possible to do anything and eventually should put you off, walk away. If you're going to sit here uh, to upload to your sites for four or five hours a night, they know. They know what they're doing. They know how long I'm on uploading. They know everything about you, what you're doing with your computer. And when it's not them doing it, it's huge satellite company uh, through their subsidiaries doing the same kind of deal. I've had hassles with them as well. But here's what they said to me, because this started on the 28th of April, and I put in a complaint that said the FTP upload speed to the matrix.com has dropped to extremely low speed. The upload speed varies from 40 kilobits per second to 50 kilobits per second and doesn't go higher. It's happened repeatedly over the last week. And so I said, too, the other sites are okay. They've all got the same amounts on them. Um, so I asked them, uh, is this to discourage uploads? I was right to the point. As is, as is to, if the upload speed is a cap or lock or limit, please remove and restore the site to the previous settings before their so-called maintenance. I love their maintenance. They put a choke on it. That's called maintenance. And so I got a reply back from Yahoo, and it said, uh, Thank you, Nebula. As I understand your experience in slow FTP upload speeds, please note that I've examined your account, and it looks like you have unload, uploaded a lot of MP3 files that have taken up a considerable amount of your disk space. Now, it's unlimited, remember? That's what you're paying for. It says, in order to improve your FTP speeds, I would request you to clear a few of your files away and reduce your disk space usage. And that's the con they pulled last year that sent me back a month. Because once I'd fought it out with them, it took me two weeks to get 
all the uploads that missed back up there again and the stuff had rubbed off that I wiped off. So I didn't fall for it this time. And uh, so I replied to Mr. Randier from wherever. His, his name is Randier. I went through this with Yahoo last year. I pay for unlimited disk space. I'm not going to remove files to increase speed since I've paid for unlimited. Unlimited means all the disk space that I need uh, for my FTP uploads without a cap or lock or limit to slow my speed. I do not want to go through the weeks of complaints, phone calls, and mystification on Yahoo's end only to eventually get the unlimited disk space and accompanying speed that I pay for. So please go into my account and remedy this as you did last year. So here they are, they're trying to get you to actually uh, drop a lot of your stuff off your, your site. And th- here's what they came back with. We have tested your account and, and have determined that the FTP upload speeds you're experiencing are within our acceptable operating parameters. See, they've, they've remade the rules just for me, you see. So 40 kilobits per second upload is what they've given me. And they say that's okay within their parameters. I'd like to see the rest of you lot out there if you had to go through what I go through here. This is why we do not have a specific limit on the amount of disk space that account may use. We do reserve the right to limit the growth rate of accounts. This is to prevent extremely large and fast-growing accounts from unduly impacting the performance of other accounts. What utter rubbish. Utter rubbish. It's not videos I'm putting up there. Lots of folk are. But that's the sort of runaround I'm getting now. So you've got to um, bookmark the other sites I have at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Bookmark all those other sites because I'm going to get more trouble here, obviously. You see? And just to let you know, anybody who wants to, complain to them and tell them what you think of this, this shitty deal they've decided to, to put on me. There's much, much bigger sites out there on Yahoo than mine. Much, much bigger. So what's the real reason? This is political. This is a political reason. Private business is very good to be used for politics because you can't complain to your government about it, can you? That's how it goes. So anyway, I'll probably put the, 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 the this letter on the site tonight and let you have a peruse for yourself just to let you know how the world really, really runs. And it's nothing about fear, fairness and fear policies and all that kind of stuff. If they want you, they get you. They get you. Now, there's an article here on Arizona. It's strange that, I mean, years ago I mentioned on the air uh, when I was reading a book by Jacques Attali called uh, Millennium. Subtitle was the Winners and losers in the coming new world order. And Atali was a big player. He is a big player right now at the United Nations. And he was also the chief advisor to uh, various uh, French presidents. In fact, really, the people came to see him rather than to see guys like Mitterrand. He was the guy you went to see. He was a sort of Kissinger for France. And he wrote the book and he said that, that because of free trade, and all the, 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 the signatories to the, the GATT treaties and so on and international free trade and all that kind of stuff, America would go down and down and down as they helped to pay for the third world to come up a little bit. And he said eventually there'd be no manufacturing and there'd be a service economy. And at the same time, uh, more people from South America would be coming up into the U.S. looking for work and so on. But before even that happened, he said, um, or during that period, they'll start seeing more and more gangs coming up 
uh, because they're more adventurous. They're looking for easy money and an easy uh, pacified country. They wouldn't get off at their own country where they're gunned down, the, the drug dealers and all these guys. Um, so they come up to the U.S. and he said there'd be hordes of them and he, he likened it to the attacks on ancient Rome by the Huns and the Goths and all those, the Visigoths, etc. over a period of time. And this was just an unfortunate period. It might last a generation or two as they sort out the chaos. There would be lots of, what it meant by chaos, there was lots of murders and rape and pillage going on, that kind of stuff, until it was sorted out. And eventually a good part of the U.S., he said, would be Spanish-speaking. Has to be the outcome over a period of one to two generations. And he, he was speaking as part of one of the elite who sit down in the big world think tanks and form their, their foreign policies. So here is Breibart with today's news in Arizona, for instance, that's the first to come out really uh, to take a stand in all of this. And it says, Arizona governor has serious video message for President Obama. And I'll put the link up on my sites at the end of the show, if I still have any. And um, you, you can see it for yourself, this actual video of her giving her talk. You understand, too, lots of farmers have been killed down that way, too, ranchers. And they're finding dead bodies of Mexicans who've been running drugs and then get killed off by the drug runners. They've, they've, they've got across safely. Now they want no witnesses. They kill them after they get the drugs off them. It's quite something, a daily occurrence in some parts. And yet the federal government is refusing to even look into it. So it's um, it's quite something. And then again, you tie it in with Hollywood. Hollywood is a big predictive programmer for the world, for culture, the cultural changes, and how to fascinate youngsters into a new way of living in virtual reality. They program you for what's to come. So here's... Um, an article here, it's called Machete, the Illegal Trailer by Amy de Maselli on the 5th of 7th, 2010. It was first published in Agenda Social Engineering and it says, a new movie from Robert Rodriguez called Machete is not scheduled to be released until September, but that didn't stop him from updating a trailer just in time for Cinco de Mayo. The trailer begins with a message to Arizona. Isn't that a coincidence? This is this was put out a year ago. It hasn't come out yet, but they started making it a year ago. A message to Arizona. And ends with Jessica Alba screaming, We didn't cross the border. The border crossed us. No doubt about it, his message is to protest the new Arizona law aimed at allowing illegal immigrants and meant to fuel the fire that's already burning on the Mexican-American border. Once again, Hollywood looks to create reality, this time deadly, violent, Robert Rodriguez style. And he's, an, he's a, it's from Ain't It Cool News on this, it says. I guess it's a review. Well, the way things are in Arizona at this moment is kind of insane. And there's a movie that was shot over a year ago waiting to be released that's, that it's about this exact issue. But if Danny Trejo and buddies want revolution, wacko's result, make no bones about it. This is a pure exploitation film. But like real exploitation at its height, uh, this was pulled straight out of the headlines, even sometimes slightly before the headlines were, were the headlines. Predictive programming, all ready for today. Chris most folk say it's coincidence, of course. That's how it works with most people who, who live in worlds of coincidences and listen to mainstream media. It's quite the world that they're bringing in, though, the one that they've been talking about for such a long time, the controlled society, 
the, the managed society, the, the scientifically designed and run society that even Quigley talks about and all the hopes and dreams of those who talk about bringing in world peace. When you go into their talks about world peace, you have to understand how they, they determined they would get to world peace. And since they decided that the, the, the violence and so on was really inbuilt within man himself, they'd have to alter man. And they discussed this at many, many think tanks. Uh, some of them wrote books about it that work for think tanks under the United Nations. And um, Arthur Kostler wrote the book, The Ghost in the Machine. The ghost really is you, the kind of wild you, the one that's has got survival capabilities, uh, which we normally submerge in, in a pacified, law-abiding society. But he found ways to get around that uh, chemically by injecting you with stuff to make sure you didn't get violent. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. Just talking about the fact that people were hired by the United Nations back in the 60s and 70s to find ways of literally targeting areas of the brain of the entire human population, except for the ones who would rule the planet, of course, because they must retain their capacities for instinct and survival. Uh, They actually said that the public wouldn't need their instincts because... um, the state would be making all their decisions for them. You wouldn't have these necessary wild instincts that help you survive. That was their idea of peace for the world. And, of course, that behaviorists there using Skinnerian technology and, and uh, uh, programming, starting with very young, well, babies really onwards, trying to see if they could literally create the, the type of human that they desired, nice and passive, easygoing, uh, would accept very little in the way of reward and be a good worker. But they also found other ways, too, to deal with the problem of uh, people objecting, which they call violence. If you object to the state being overpowering and overbearing and domineering, you object and you get a little angry. And, of course, governments all over the world are always in fear of going too far as they plunder the public and the public purse and having rebellions on their hands. So they thought they could maybe lobotomize them and make them much easier to handle. Of course, everyone's heard about the simple ways of doing it in the very old and tried traditions of, of putting fluoride in water supplies. The fluoride itself, remember, first came out uh, with reports from a, uh, an island in Japan, off Japan, where the people were very placid and easygoing, because, and they found that a high concentration of fluoride in their natural water And even recently, bodies across the world have advocated this purpose uh, for putting in the water, nothing to do with your dental care, um, to make us all easygoing and less stressful. In other words, we'll we'll accept more of the stuff that comes down the pipe from government. But during the UN's uh, look into all of this, when they were doing their, their investigations and their trials, they also talked about lobotomy. They had teams working on lobotomizing people. They talked about, about chemical lobotomy, where they could literally target specific areas of the brain uh, to kill off the ghost in the machine, the wild part that is you, your survival part. 
And they, they really understood at that time how to make certain chemicals piggy bank on enzymes and amino acids and get carried to specific receptors in the brain. It was already an exact science. And then you had other ones talking about using injections to, to carry this stuff to the brain and, uh, and other means of lobotomizing or, or thinking noggins, as they say. That's been going on for an awful long time, and they have been implementing a lot of this. They also decided a long time ago, uh, with the League of Nations, before they became the United Nations, when they first set up their, pap- their Department of Population, which is population control, that the public would never, they could never see a time when the public would actually volunteer for sterilization, so they, they thought they'd go ahead anyway and do it covertly and simply not tell the public. And it's no coincidence that since the 1950s, the sperm count in the Western male has plummeted to uh, only about 25% of what he had in the 1950s. It's a sudden drop. Nothing happens in nature without a sudden without a sudden change in something in your environment, something that you've ingested or has been injected into you or whatever, but nothing happens in nature suddenly like this. Something was introduced into our bodies, and what happened then, it was the mass inoculation started to get put out there by various governments, especially those that were setting up national health services. Definitely tied together, and as the UN trots out its statistics every year, they're, they're happy to tell us the statistics, and they make comments on different ones, but when it comes to infertility in the West, they just give you the statistics and go on to the next thing. But the reason they don't comment on it is because it's not a crisis from their point of view, because, you see, it's the agenda, and that's telling them it's working. Otherwise, obviously, it would be a crisis. Everything else is, apparently, according to the UN. And people will never really catch on to all of this. Same with the autism, the, the massive rising uh, in autism along with the, uh, the injections. You can put graphs next to each other and they're just the same, you know, injections for, for a state here and autism going up as well with the same, the same level of the graph. It's quite startling. Lots of people at the top know this now. They didn't believe it before, but they can't do anything with it because, again, it's covert. It's mandated with, by, from very powerful institutions, and that's the agenda, folks. That's the agenda. A dumb, stupid public for world peace, which really means peaceful management by the managers. That's what they always meant by that. Because those at the tops, the top truly are eugenicists. They believe that they are the most evolved species on the planet. And that somewhere in the past there was a, a great leap forward and they've proven it by getting to the top and getting the high academic positions and being, get into business, manage business, make billions of dollars and hold on to it through generations through special, very, very selective breeding like Plato suggested, they believe they're the, they're the, the highest on the planet. And we're all, we're all Plato's it's down below. People are very confused if you ask them, what, what is government? Ask people in the street, what is government? It's something generally they've never been asked at all because they've never really thought much about it. Some of people will tell you that it's, a, it's an institution that's there to manage your system or our system. And only a few will tell you it's a system set up to, like Charles Galton Darwin said, it's a new form of slavery that handles it better for their masters. Back with more after these messages. 
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. Just mentioning how people react in different ways when you ask them to define what government is. It's something that's always here. It's like the guys that run the money. Money is always here. You, these are the things you take for granted. Uh, why do you pay taxes? Where do the taxes go? What are they for? Um, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. That's what they'll tell you. And some people think government is there to help them. Uh, they have no idea. They're the they're most naive people of all. Nicest people too. They're always the nicest people, but so naive they haven't a clue, and they don't have they don't they don't care to hear anything negative, like the New Agers, for instance, negative about uh, how they're being run. That's called denial. You see, if you don't know what's happening, or there is an enemy out there, or there's a train coming towards you, uh, and you want to plug your ears, it won't stop you from being hit by the train just because you don't like the idea of it doing so. That's pure denial. And most folk, as you know, um, will go out and vote for whoever promises them the most. Most of them today just promise to try and not make it any worse than it already is, because that's really what people want. People really want, leave me with all the toys and the Internet and the fun I've got today and the pub that I go to and so on and blah, blah, blah. Leave it like that. Let me afford to have the drinks at the weekend or whatever it is you're into or buy yourself a little present for slogging out for a month at work. Um, that's what people really want. Stop time. Just stop time. Don't make it go any worse. It's almost like the scene... Because I've actually heard people say um, they're not really interested in some other country getting banged harder than they are, like Greece, for instance. Well, what's that got to do with us? You know, I'm glad better them getting it than us. That's the sort of thing they'll say. Same when it comes to war. Oh, it's better they're, they're, sl- they're clobbering the Afghani's and the Iraqis over there than than doing anything with us. They never realise that well, this is a world agenda that eventually comes round to you. And the big eating machine, whether it's eating up your finances or your or your civilian population through warfare, eventually comes round to you. Why why do you think they're uh, using U.S. drones, flown out, um, or at least controlled from the same uh, military bases inside the U.S. by these guys that sit at their desks and bomb people in Afghanistan? Then they come out into the L.A. sunshine afterwards. And go for dinner with their families. Why do you think, why do you think these guys are based in the U.S. and why do you think they've now got drones over the U.S.? This is, I, I can't understand how people can't put two and two together. They'll show you them on television, these drones going in and blowing people up. And it's been admitted many times by the Pentagon, yeah, if they kill 200 innocents around the one person they're after, uh, that's okay. That's acceptable limits. What are we dealing with here? What kind of mentalities are ruling over us in this new type of governance, this world governance scenario they keep talking about? Are they, are they really there to serve you? Who really believes that government anymore is there to serve them? 
the idea that government was there to serve you ended when they, they created political parties. The reason they didn't want political parties, there's massive arguments when they started the, the U.S. system up, was because they knew it fractured the people and the parties themselves become powerful as competitors and they turn to natural organized crime with bribery to get in and dominate. So they decided to have a republic in the U.S., which was didn't last long. Because the parties came along. What happens when you talk to the, the little psychopath that's running for your local government or for your federal government and comes round the doors and promises you this and is very attentive, uh, very attentive and he, he agrees to everything you say and he's a good smooth talker and uh, you'll like them. Psychopaths are very likable people. And then they begin to power and when you say, well, what happened? You said you were going to do this for our area. You're our representative. You say, well, I can't, you see. I have to go with the party. And the party's got other plans. Well, why do you vote for Why do you vote for these? They're not your representatives, obviously. So political parties is a con. And that's the excuse they'll, they want. Without parties, they couldn't give you that excuse. They'd have to give you some other excuse. But that's what I say. Well, you see, the party won't go for it. They won't allocate the funding for what we need built in this community. The party, the party, the party. And people never catch on because, because all mammals are born into a system looking to adults to warn them of what they should be wary of. If the adult doesn't know, the young mammal grows up completely naive and will go out to dinner with the wolf. We're the same. Now, we get hit with so much at the same time. And really, it's all on track as far as I'm concerned with the, the, the economic war on one side, the, the massive uh, weather control debates going on on the other, another side, another front. Uh, you also have, the, the, oh, the reason that's behind all of it is just too many people. So you've got the overpopulation crew uh, as in a third side. Uh, and, of course, people can't keep up with all of this at once. There's so much hammering away at the same time. And it's meant to disassociate themselves, to disassociate you uh, from taking any action on anything, since you've got such a variety of things you could choose from. And it's meant to make you think you're utterly helpless in the face of it all. Remember what Bertrand Russell said? Eventually, we'll have to use a technique of creating apathy. How do you create apathy? You make everything uh, that's affecting you like your life personally from big institutions and government seem so far away and so remote from you that you're despondent. There's nothing you can do, you think, and you give up. Apathy. When you're apathetic, government can rule you like a stampeding herd through fear in any direction they wish, and you go along with it because you don't really, you're not really thinking logically. At all. You've got fear and apathy. Remember, this new world order is completely tied into the United Nations, which is a front group in itself that was set up to encourage whole areas of nations to join together into regions and eventually to come under the direction of the United Nations itself as a form of world government. 
And with all governments, you have a banking system. And the banking system would control the money of the whole world. The idea was to create central banks initially in every country. Central banks are private banks. They're not your government banks. These central bankers would be staffed with relatives, by the way, of the world bankers at the World Bank under the United Nations. Still a private bank, the World Bank. The IMF is too. It's one of these strange deals where they actually take in candidates from each country that's sent to them, who then swears allegiance to give up their nationality while they work at the IMF. So they deal with the economic warfare upon the public. And they decided before World War II that they would eventually start to reduce the population They'd have to reduce the consumption rate that the U.S. was beginning to show. And after World War II, it increased, and so they really went to task on that one. They got all the World Wildlife Fund groups and all the so-called nature groups started up. They started them up as fronts again, all to unite together to help the United Nations and give a voice, a bigger, bigger voice to the United Nations to propagandize us into reducing the population, lowering consumption, all the rest of it. And all we're going through today, all we are going through today is part of the process and of the culmination of the agenda to this particular point. The IMF will be in charge of each country's books. That's what they're pushing for right now. That's what primarily this big so-called Uh, reshuffling of the financial system is all about. And therefore, no nation will be in charge of its bookkeeping anymore. They want every other nation to be able to look into every other nation's books because the IMF will be in charge of it. Remember, they're private. You don't vote these guys in. And they also are the guys who recall loans from countries. And if you can't pay, they come right in. That's the deal they make. And they run your government. They're unelected, and they come in and run your government. Last week, I put up a list of countries they had gone into. And they had been in Britain during Margaret Thatcher's reign. That's when they had massive cutbacks everywhere. They always slash your health care first. They they fire all the bunches of civil servants. Sometimes that's a good thing, and it's top-heavy at times in certain areas. And they can also cut back on on any opposition that they have in a country like the miners in Britain. That's why they had all the miners' strikes in Britain, because Thatcher was told you've got to close down all these mines for interdependence. And Margaret Thatcher started to import coal from communist Poland. It was still under communism at that time. And folk wouldn't even question it. People wouldn't even question Why would the top capitalist country fighting the Cold War be closing down their ability to produce coal in their own country and importing it from a communist country. See, we're already global. We already have been global for a long, long time. There was no communist. There was no capitalist opposition. That all came out in the 1950s from the the Rees Commission 
And you can see it up on YouTube when Norman Dodd talks about it. He was one of the investigators sent out by the Congress and the Senate to find out why these foundations were funding all these left-wing movements. These are tax-free foundations that hand out billions of dollars every year to philanthropic causes, ones which they rule and control mainly to do with sterilization across the planet and things like that. That's the real world. You see, we're under a consortium or a cartel, you like to say, with its own specialized departments, money, population control. Uh, the whole idea of political correctness is all part of it too. They experimented with that in the Soviet system, political correctness, using Pavlovian techniques in school. And that's the direct translation from from the Russian is political correctness. We use it here every day now. As they introduce new ways of seeing things or, or dealing with things and talking about things. And people adapt in Orwell's style. Whatever's new today is what you adapt to. And they use social approval and social disapproval if you won't go along with it. Goody two-shoes, and especially the upper middle class, adapt into it right away. Because they, it's been proven, and I've read the articles before in studies, they don't want to be the odd one out of their class. So they're, they're immediately politically correct with whatever's new, no matter how crazy it is or disgusting. Now, on the Sunday Times on May 24th, 2009, an article came out and it said, Billionaire Club and Bid to Curb Overpopulation. America's richest people meet to discuss ways of tackling a disastrous environmental, social and industrial threat. And it's by John Harlow from Los Angeles. Some of America's leading billionaires have met secretly to consider how their wealth could be used to slow the growth of the world's population and speed up improvements in health and education. You gotta understand when they talk about health, they're talking about sterilization. The philanthropist who attend, attended a summit convened on the initiative of Bill Gates, another, you know, why would Bill Gates, whose supposed expertise was one completely different area, be on board with the same agenda as all these other elitists at the top. Exact same agenda. It says, um, so he said that the Microsoft co-founder discussed joining forces to overcome political and religious obstacles to change. Remember, the censure of change changes good to prattle, 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 like a parrot for the voters. Described as the good club by one insider included David Rockefeller Jr., the patriarch of America's wealthiest dynasty, by the way, I think the guy who's been put in charge of the Royal Society in Britain now, Sir, I can't remember his first name, is it Paul Nurse, his name is, uh, worked at the Rockefeller Foundation before he got his, uh, his big prize at the UN and was put into the Royal Society. He's also a geneticist. So these geneticists are working hard on ways to sterilize us. But anyway, that's, a, that's an aside. They all come out of the Rockefeller uh, Society. So... David Rocker Jr. was there, the patriarch of America's wealthiest dynasty, Warren Buffett and George Soros, the other guy who sunk countries with his pals and plundered them for loot a few years ago. The financiers Michael Bloomberg, the mayor of New York, and the media moguls Ted Turner and Oprah Winfrey, all wanting to bring the population down. All these people from people, Oprah Winfrey, yep, she's got the ears of millions of people who are totally mesmerized by the act that she puts on 
and the political agenda that they can't even recognize, but it sinks into them. These members, along with Gates, have given away more than £45 billion since '96 to causes ranging from health programs in developing countries to ghetto schools near to home. Most of it goes to health programs of sterilization. And the guard at the home of, there is Sir Paul Nurse, who worked to the Rockefeller Foundation. A British Nobel, uh, Nobel Prize biochemist is a geneticist as well, and president of the private Rockefeller University in Manhattan on May the 5th. The informal afternoon session was so discreet, some of the billionaires' aides were told they were at security briefings. So that's what they had on that one. And here's an article here from it's World Net Daily TV. Bill Gates, he says this in the speech, you can see it here in the video, use vaccines to lower the population. Billionaire advocates curbing CO2 by reducing Earth's inhabitants. And that was March the 8th, 2010. One of the world's wealthiest men and founder of Microsoft, Bill Gates, has suggested vaccines as one method of reducing the world's population. What do you think that means, folks? Do you? I often wonder, you know, there's mums will be rushing out yet with, with the next scare that comes out by pharma, who, as they, as they lobby the governments to buy their latest uh, um, chemical soup and biological soup mix, of dead tissue to save their child. They'll be rushing out. You know, they're so trained into it. Fear, you know, save your child. You know, the, the U.S. has got over 70 million shots they can't do anything with from the last big con they went on. Or is it $70 million worth? Ah, maybe it's true. Maybe those who are the dead have to go. Let the dead bury their dead in all ages. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix just to remind you, remember, that, uh, you see, foundations and these philanthropies are not responsible to the public for what they do. That's why Quigley called them the real government. He called it the parallel government, but it's the real government that gets the real jobs done. Because when they go ahead and do things, who are you going to complain to? Government says that they're not part of us, even though they have members on their boards appointed on their board, on governmental boards across the world now. To save the environment, you know, and so on. Transitional phase is the age of change. This is a century of change, and what will happen at the end of the century will be so, so incredibly different from the life that you knew that you couldn't possibly imagine what it will be like. I guarantee you one thing, there are probably about one-third of the population or less. Now, there's Lark from Texas on the phone. you there, Lark. Hi, Alan. Hello. I was um, just uh, given a thought a few moments ago listening to you speak. It occurred to me that this worldwide communitarian agenda, which is more fully coming into view, it seems to me that the only way that we can really attack this thing and or uh, force it back 
is to utilize language that people understand, yeah. like organized crime and mm-hmm. theft, white slavery, mm-hmm. fraud, genocide, yeah. murder. Do you think perhaps people would understand these words more clearly if, if uh, enough enlightened people got together and decided that, you know what, this is what we've got with organized crime? Again, that's fraud, right. murder, theft, mm-hmm. genocide. Yes, that's what they use. I, I watched a, a recent um, some, some marketers on a, on that uh, documentary. It was called Digital Nation, and one of them said, oh, we, "When they were actually accused of getting children into escapism and adult, adults too, it says we don't like the word escapism. He said it's got negative connotations." We call it alternative realities. So, in other words, they use, the boys who use, uh, the, who understand how to use the language to condition us into the path that they want us to follow, um, don't want you using specific words against them. But you're quite right. The problem is the impacts of the words like robbery and theft and murder and, and planned genocide aren't even having the impacts anymore because we've watched this our whole lives through the media of what they do abroad with their wars. Uh, we, we need even harsher language that's repeated and repeated. Re- repetition, as Russell said, is a technique that they use against us for new terminology. So, but you're right, we've got to find out the language to use against them, but it's got to have the impact that shatters the, the complacency of the average person in the street. Uh, I think anybody that keeps their television set on at all anymore is a fool. Yeah. Uh, if, because they're just simply uh, unwitting dupes. They're uneducated. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just too bad. As, as far as the marketers go, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I brought this idea before to your attention regarding memetic branding and imprinting. Yeah. It seems to me that this may be the way to cut through the matrix, is what I'm suggesting, by utilizing cultural uh, words of expression which brand this uh, uncivil behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, in its proper terms where people will fully understand the crimes that are being committed against us on a daily basis. You're right. And you see, they have used signs and slogans. In fact, Lenin said that they would bring in communism through repetitive slogans. We've got to get the right slogans and keep using them with the right words in it. You're right. That's what what they're doing to us. Yep. That's what what works. That's what works. Thanks for calling, Mark. Enjoy your broadcast. Thank you. From Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, as good nights, and may your God or your gods go with you.